Hello everyone and welcome back to the Chobo Football Podcast. We are back after a long time because Moi University and Jaden decided that you are coming back home. Uh, I'm your host, John Marco Chen, and I am joined by the ever-present Mark Kinyanjui. Uh, hi guys, it's good to be back. I've really, really, really missed doing this and I hope we have fun together. Thank you. And we are also joined by Phil Nyaga. Uh, hey guys, lovely to be back. It's been quite a while and I've missed, I've missed this. I really miss this. Looking forward to today's show. Yeah, quite a lot has happened between the time we went and we came back. Uh, Liverpool became crap, then became good. Um, Chelsea were crap and now they're good. <laughs> uh, PSG are still just there. Uh, Dortmund have just fallen off a cliff and many more things really happened. Um, we'll just uh, start with Mark. What was the highlight of your weekend slash your game of the weekend? <laughs> um, to be honest, I've had um, quite a couple of highlights. Um, first of all, I'm going to start with Jesse Lingard. I think Lingard has really proven a lot of people wrong, I mean, included. Um, there has been a virtual pie thrown on my face, given I thought that guy was done at the highest level. But, you know, credit to him and credit to West Ham, because um, Moez is playing him in a system where um, it's, it's getting the best out of, of the ball movers like him. Um, I was having this discussion with Erastas and he was telling me that Ole doesn't really understand how to use um, playmakers that are sort of like off the ball movers. Maybe that's why Donny van der Beek isn't getting a lot of game time right now. Uh, but um, if you look at how he's playing, he's pressing um, intelligently and with intensity. Um, he's dribbling past players, taking men on for fun. Um, like yesterday, uh, before he assisted, was it for Nals, for that goal? I don't remember who is it is. Who that goal. Um, oh, yeah. Bowen, yeah. Um, where he literally spun him, uh, spun that guy that tried to, to, to mark him easy and then like cut it back for Bowen to score. And then that run he made before he netted the opening goal. Um... Now he has eight goals and eight assists to his name ever since he joined West Ham. So I think he's worthy of a shout. And um, his selection for the England squad is rightly justified. And another very good highlight, uh, maybe Phil might not be happy with this, is... Don't start. <laughs> getting beaten five goals at home by West Brom. 19th in the league, West Brom. <laughs> Oh, with 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 um, Thiago Silva turning into Titus Bramble for the game. <laughs> <laughs> wow! The, the disrespect. 
<laughs> and uh, moving on swiftly. Uh, Philo, <laughs> Phil, what was yes. your highlight slash game of the weekend? To be honest, that was the highlight of my weekend. I don't think I watched any more football after that game. I honestly lost all <laughs> after that. Um, I, I couldn't believe that we were so open. Like, the thing is, we weren't scored as scruffy goals. We weren't scored CG headers, CG mm. crosses from court. We were opened up. Golasses. Yes. Counterattacks. And uh, it was crazy to watch. Um, I, to the point where I think this is the only the... I've been a Chelsea fan since for like the past 15 years, ever since I could start reading. And yeah, this is only the second time I've seen my team concede five or more goals in a match. <laughs> one to prep and one to big sub. So I'm telling you, the contest is weird. That's weird. Wait, wait, wait. Highlight. And and what about the Arsenal win? Does an Arsenal win <laughs> Ravan Passi he, he got a hat trick? We don't talk about that one, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about our London rivals coming and playing us <laughs> at our place. You know, Namazia. That's that was my highlight. Uh, okay, so for 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 me, it was definitely uh, PSG versus versus Lille. I'm just happy that finally another team is dominating the league. Uh, Lille, they're now first. Uh, their only goal came from Jonathan David, a guy who I yeah. highly rate, but he got <laughs> injured just before halftime, which was frustrating to see. Yeah, but uh, he was good. Uh, Benjamin Andre, he drove Neymar crazy till he got a red. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just pure, beautiful chaos. And PSG lined up with four center backs, but but still lost. <laughs> <laughs> it was extremely beautiful. So, um, is there any game from the weekend you you guys would like to cover, uh, Mark? Um, I'd like to have a look at, let's say, um, the Bayern against um RP Leipzig game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a very interesting match, uh, considering Leipzig are the best defense in the league and Dortmund. I mean, sorry, Bayern are the best attacking team in the league. Um, they have the best attacking record, while Leipzig have had have the best defensive record. And um, it was quite interesting. I enjoyed the match. Um, first half, Bayern were quite dominant. Um, even though they weren't really, uh, let's say, making lots of inroads, they were having Leon Goretzka make late runs into the box, which he's been doing the last couple of games where he's now netted like three goals in four appearances. Um, Thomas Muller being Thomas Muller, who people, by the way, are saying should be back in the German squad for the Euros. Uh he did well in that advanced playmaking role, as he usually does. Cut it back for Leon Goretzka, who, who made a trademark run into the box to score. Um, then they went into halftime, uh, leading by a goal to nil. 
Uh, then the second half, Leipzig came out um, the better of the two. They created better chances, um, but most of them were long shot chances, um, which mostly were being attempted by Sabitza. Uh, but, you know, luck, unfortunately, wasn't on their side and the game ended one all. Uh, but um, being a person who's very anti-Bayern, given how they've been humiliating us over the last couple of, over the last three or four games that we've played against them, even if that was four years ago in the Champions League, um, I obviously wanted um, Leipzig to win and kind of close the gap to maybe four points. Uh, yeah. But right now, Bayern find themselves seven points adrift, running away with the title. But um, things aren't looking rosy at all for Borussia Dortmund, who uh, lost 2-1 to Frankfurt. Um, it was supposed to be a game that that was... Um, okay, it was supposed to be a game that was trying to decide who would get that fourth-place spot, uh, given Frankfurt uh, fourth in the league. Um, we saw Andre Silva continuing his good run of form. He actually netted the winning goal. Um Aling Haaland has now gone on a two-match goal drought in the Bundesliga. Uh, I saw um, Bayern's, I mean Borussia Dortmund's Twitter account um, trolling him, saying that he scores too much, and if he has a goal drought, it's only two games maximum. So maybe this was this was his second game without a goal in the Bundesliga, but. Uh, yeah, he, he found it quite frustrating. Um, I like the crosses that um, this left wing of theirs, I don't really remember the name. Um, I don't know, Kostic, Kostic. Um, the crosses that he was, he was crossing, um, he, he, he was a threat throughout the game. Uh, Bayern, I mean, uh, Dorman found it very difficult to cope with his crosses into the box. And actually one of his crosses... Um, actually ended up being an own, own goal by Nico Schlutz. And then the second goal um, scored by Andre Silva was a cross from Kostic again. So um, for me, he was their man of the match. And, um, you know, things are, aren't looking rosy so much for Borussia Dortmund. But, you know, they've got a game against City that we'll be discussing very soon. So I'll talk more about them much later. Okay, and uh, Phil, did you have any match that you'd like to break down? Um, like I said, I didn't watch any other match uh, as oh. keenly after <laughs> Chelsea. Mm-hmm. But I will highlight the fact that for the first time in quite a while, I saw Newcastle have an XG above one, above two, <laughs> above three. <laughs> <laughs> That is a highlight in itself. I'm telling you, I want... We should start a hashtag as Chogo Postcast, as, as small as we are. Mm. Hashtag Jose out. That guy should just go. <laughs> I, I don't believe he is the right fit for Tottenham. And if he stays, I don't think Hurricane will stay as well. So um, it's crazy. How do you concede 22 shots to Newcastle? Newcastle. He's officially an enemy of football. That is... He's anti-football now. I'm, exactly. I, I was even so happy it was an Arsenal guy who scored the late equalizer. Because right now, um, it's strangely enough, 
it's such a bunch between fourth and uh, Everton is what what positions are, is it ninth? We are eighth currently. Eighth. See, you guys are forty-seven. West Ham have fifty-two. So that bunch up is getting tighter. I'm pretty happy that Newcastle came came in clutch and and Guaita as well. Actually, through um JM actually casting the day Guaita was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But did he do that much, Jim? Did he pull? Did he pull Anoya? Like, I, I have no idea. Like, every through pass, he was already at the edge of his box. Like, he, our strikers couldn't do anything. Like, if they tried to chip, I'm sure he would have caught it. If they tried to put it in the top corner, he would have caught it. Like, it's just <laughs> one of those games where, like, we had an XG of, was it 2.6? That's our second highest, and we drew the game. Please. That's high. What? And yeah, I I just so, love XG. So like, just, yeah. uh, that ended up being my, well, it's not really a highlight. It's a low light. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the performance by Guaita, um, Calvert Lewin just being incredibly horrible. Richarlison having thousands of chances, taking a free kick off Hermes and Sigurdsson and Digne, then missing. Uh, what else? What else happened? Uh, Andre Gomez forgetting that he used to play for Barcelona. He can't pass it 10 yards. Um, Ancelotti substituting Coleman when Coleman is fit, bringing in Godfrey. So we end up with four centre-backs, a left-back, Davies and Jean-Philippe, who I am very happy that he came back to the team. But we ended up with basically seven defenders. Then Sigerson, who can't run, Richarlison and Calvert-Lewin, who are both tired and leggy. So like even when they equalised, we couldn't do anything. Ah, <laughs> uh, The energy is knocked out of you guys. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> you are Hodgson. You are very Hodgson. <laughs> uh, so, like, um, other than that, we, we we had something weird in the Syria where, like, all of the matches were at the same time or around the same time. It felt like the final day of the Premier League. Um, yeah. We ended up with Inter, like Inter, they're still top, eight points ahead of AC Milan. Atalanta, third, surprisingly. Uh, they went ahead of Juve, I don't even know when. And Juve are joint uh, on points with Napoli on 56 points, which, like, I, I thought there was a drift between the top four and everyone else, but apparently Juve just... Capitulated. It's, it's crazy yeah, they're to just see. Collapsing and Inter. I think they're real. They're easily going to win the title at this yeah. point. Yeah. So um, elsewhere in La Liga, uh, Atletico they lost. I think. So now they're they're just one point ahead of Barcelona, who won yesterday night. Uh, Real Madrid are three points behind after their two nil win. Uh, Sevilla are fourth. 
but there's a clear gap between fourth and fifth in La Liga. Elsewhere in Liga, Lille are currently top, uh, outright top, uh, with 66 points, three points ahead of PSG, Monaco in third, Lyon in fourth. Once again, there's a huge gap between the top four and the rest of the league, but I think Liga is perhaps the most entertaining title, title chase. What do you guys yeah, think? Um, I feel kind of okay. I'll go first. On I feel kind of. I'm happy for Lille that they won, but I looked at their fixture list heading into their last seven games vis-a-vis those of PSG, and PSG yeah. have. It's like it's almost as if when Man City play cup games, in tournaments, <laughs> where they are just lined up with one week team after another. PSG have a way better running towards the end of the season. Uh, Lille, I'm pretty sure they have to face OL again, and they mm-hmm. have to play fifth place Lens. So, yeah. um, um, I hope Lille come through of it, but I hope they get help along the way from other, from the teams down below as they play PSG. Because PSG do have, Pochettino has that trait of losing games he shouldn't. I don't know how he carried it from Spurs to PSG, but that's what they yeah. do. He has been doing since he came. So yeah, he's passing it up. And I have I I have a sport, soft spot for Olympic Lyon. So uh, yeah. I'm going to back them uh, until the end of 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 the season. It's not over until it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of things might happen uh, within those three or four weeks that are remaining, uh, yeah. but. Uh, you know anything is possible, so I'm going to stick to my guns and and hope that Lyon can end their 12-year title drought. But we can all agree in this podcast: no one wants PSG to win. So even oh, if Jem, Jem, you can take Lille, I'll take Monaco willingly. But as long as <laughs> PSG don't win, I think we will be happy. And we will. Almost definitely be happy. And um, actually, uh, we, we can just do this now. Um, just to finalize, before we do the Champions League uh, review slash preview, um, who do you think will make the top four in the Premier League? Obviously, Man City and Man United. Leicester, there's a bit of a question mark, but they are very likely. Uh, who do you think will take the third and fourth spot? Honestly, the team I'd be most uh, the team at back, which is kind of weird, is Liverpool. Because Liverpool are the only team that I believe can win all their games outside from uh, the this coming weekend to the end of the season. Um, they've done it before, and they need to win. Um, I'd also back at back my club. Because, okay, because I have no other opinion. It's either I back my club or I hope my club wins Champions League. So, I don't can have this. And what about you, Mark? Um, okay, of course, it's the two Manchester clubs in top two. Yeah. Um, then, uh, then Leicester in third. I think it's going to be Man United and Leicester um, in tandem. Uh, whoever takes that second that play spot, mm-hmm. um, then I'm going to go bold and predict that 
you know um liverpool have what it it takes uh, to make the top four especially especially if they keep fabinho fit and they keep playing him in midfield uh because i like that balance uh that he brings to the side when he plays in midfield but um chelsea will be there and there both um i'd have them in fifth and uh yeah that's it uh okay for me um i don't really want us to go to the champions league because we'll get slapped up like our our current squad can't even deal with the premier league alone let alone uh the european the champions league uh i would like us to be in the conference too of course which um, yeah i think it's for the seventh place team which to be honest mm-hmm. it's not unrealistic because spurs will just capitulate at whatever point mm-hmm. um i see leicester finishing third um liverpool fourth uh and just to spite feel moyazaya in fifth <laughs> we fight people why oh, and, <laughs> and, and this um, is what did <laughs> welcome West Ham wouldn't be surprised if West Ham by this somehow managed to to finish in the top 6 maybe even in the top 4 uh because um they look unstoppable at present and you know they've become sort of like a is it called a a, a juggernaut um where yeah. when it picks momentum you can't stop it and that's yeah. what they've been doing practically ever since game week 3 and then um Jesse Lingard has out of the blue turned into Lionel Messi for for the club so um i think with the form he's in i don't think he's going to stop anytime soon so i won't be surprised if they finish in the top 6 maybe in the top 4 but that's maybe a long shot considering they they in fourth place already but uh I don't think they might make the top four given they have that tendency to to crumble because when they were ahead 3-0 against us somehow we managed to fight back and salvage mm-hmm. a draw so um maybe the pressure might get on them uh when they realize top four is actually realistic but I still think they'll finish in European places uh what I can hope for for Arsenal which have been underwhelming is that we can somehow win the Europa League because the idea of playing in the conference league to be honest is going to take our our trolling to another level should i say <laughs> <laughs> ah back to those funny funny teams remember we might actually be having a champions league budget on a conference league Okay so um, imagine imagine a front three costing a combined 175 million pounds taking us to the conference league honestly Jesus Christ I mean they're playing us <laughs> Welcome back um we just went on a slight break uh we'll now we are now going to cover the up and the upcoming Champions League matches um two of these matches you already would have seen uh that's man city versus dortmund and real madrid versus liverpool so um we'll just cover them first um 
keep in mind there's a second leg. So like whatever happens, it can always turn around. So yeah, um, we'll start with Manchester City versus Borussia Dortmund. Um, Man City, they finished top of their group uh, with Porto, Olympiacos and Marseille. They've only conceded one single goal in the entire Champions League season. They're top of the league, like everything is just going their way. They're looking for the quadruple. I think they're six to one to win the quadruple. I can't remember which side. And they've won five of their last six. They're coming up against uh, Borussia Dortmund side who lost to Frankfurt, as Mark mentioned. But they finished up of their group with four wins ahead of Lazio, Club Brugge and Zenit. They beat Sevilla 5-4 on aggregate. They do have a shaky defense. They've conceded uh, 39 in 27 in the Bundesliga, which isn't good at all. Um, they're reliant on Erling Haaland, who has 21 goals and four assists in the league in 22 games, which is just mind-blowing. And to make it even better, in the Champions League, he has 10 in six, which makes him the, the Champions League top scorer. But on team news, uh, Jadon Sancho will be out, and Dortmund have only won two of their last six games. So um, we will start with you, Mark. Who do you think will make it through? Well, let's just try to make it a bit more interesting than just saying Man City, because you all know it's Man City. Uh, um, to be honest, uh, I think I'm going to go bold. Um, everyone expects me to say Manchester City, uh, but... Um, as a as a Dortmund fan, uh, I know I know they are polling. Uh, I know um, you know they they okay. They've literally been short of confidence virtually ever since um, Lucien Favre was sacked. Um, they've capitulated ever since November. But you know Manchester City are a team that I've always predicted to make the quarter the semifinals of the Champions League virtually. Ever since 2012, when Aguero um, won them that league, but uh, unfortunately, ever since, ever since the Sheikh Mansour takeover, they've only ever made the, the semi-finals once, and that was in 2016. I uh, remember the time when they faced Madrid in the semi-finals and then lost uh, mm -hmm. on aggregate uh, when Pellegrini was their manager, and uh, but. To be honest, I think I'm going to go bold and predict that Dortmund might just sail through. I remember Haaland and, and Reina, um, their dads used to play for this team, so it's going to mean so much to them. Um, hopefully, Sancho is fit because he missed the Frankfurt game. Uh, you know, he's going to want to prove his worth uh, given he left Manchester City. Um before he even made his debut. So there are a lot of players there who will want to, to have a point to prove. And let's not forget that Manchester City last season, um, even though they were pulling the league, um, they still lost to a Lyon side that were finishing seven under yeah. Rudy Garcia. Um, let's not forget that. Let's not forget um, Liverpool uh, in 2017-2018, who finished 25 points below them in the league still beat them on aggregate. Let's not forget Tottenham, who are 
um, appalling in the league um, under Pochettino towards the end, even though they ended up making top four, still beat them uh, in their own draft. Um, City have always been favourites going into the quarterfinal leg, but somehow um, they always find a way of bottling it. Um, they turn into spurs and bottling it <laughs> usually. So, uh, <laughs> and, you know, they have... And Borussia Dortmund, in as much as a shaky defensively, still have two of the most sought-after attackers in world football. That is Jadon Sancho and Erling Haaland. So um, there is no reason to underestimate them. And John Stones might just turn again into Bambi on ice against Because um, everyone was praising him. And then he goes on international duty. And then he goes back into typical John Stones, getting caught out in possession. And then um gifting um was it what team were they playing a goal you know he has that daftness in and he has that tendency to be casual so um you can expect what are clearly nervous um john stones might 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 become when he faces arguably the best young striker or striker in world football right now um if you want to call him that so um i don't think it's going to be just um easy uh for man city who are going to assume that they can just turn up so i'm predicting that this might be where their form might might hit um hit a glitch if i may call it that you might say okay. that John Stones will turn into Thiago Silva against West Brom, like literally. No, no, no. <laughs> this will be a big people podcast, yeah? This was trashing Chelsea for the West Brom. Right, it's fine. <laughs> uh, you guys, you guys. Just you wait. Dortmund might pull an upset. Just you wait. What do you think, Phil? Good. <laughs> you guys must... I think the guy who's most pumped um, for this tie will be Haaland. And for mm. the simple reason and for the weird reason that I think this is an addition for him. Yeah. This is a proper addition for him. You cannot say that with Aguero leaving and Jesus not taking that position as his own, that Haaland doesn't think of him moving up because... Um, Sadly for Dortmund, I don't, uh, unless uh, Wolfsburg start capitulating, I don't see them qualifying for the Champions League. And Haaland, I don't think, can ever go without Champions League. So I feel as if he has the opportunity to join arguably the best team in England and one of the form teams in Nini for a position directly catered for creating chances for the number nine. And I'm pretty sure he'll want to show uh, Pep and the, the board, the Man City board, that they should go big on the on his transfer fee come, come this summer. So um, I'm pretty sure he'll cause quite a lot of trouble to Stones. That's why I, that's why I feel like Pep will purposefully put Ribondiaz on him because... Um, mm-hmm. Because Ruben Diaz, I feel like he's a much better defender uh, than John Stones. Uh, John Stones seems more comfortable in possession, even though even Ruben Diaz is good on his own. Other than that, I don't see I see Pep doing a Pep and not starting with a striker. <laughs> like he's been 
doing because didn't Jesus and Aguero both start? Yeah, yeah um, in a lopsided four-three-three. Yeah. So they did the same thing against Fulham. Uh, the, just before they played Mochin Gladbach, so the second leg. So really, um, we'll be the Bruyne playing as a false nine and him switching with Bernardo Silva, which I still feel will be too much for uh, Dortmund's defense. Uh, Emre Chan has never really convinced me as a centre back in a in a two man centre back system. So yeah, um, my optimistic side. Um, really wants Dortmund. No, I won't even say Dortmund. I want Man City to win this, uh, this this year. I want them yeah. to win the Champions League. They just clear it off their books. It doesn't become a huge story. And if next season they even chucked in the group stages, I just want them to move past it. But then again, ever since Chelsea won, ever since we won the Champions League, I've never been on the winning side. Of a team in the final, so I might have just jinxed Man, jinxed Man City out of the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> good, job, good job. <laughs> okay, so um, for me, I, I think Man City will win it. To be honest, I'm just uh, yes, I'm I'm a Dortmund fan. Yes, I love the yellow wall. I I, I actually want to go there one day. But this Dortmund side just outstand. <laughs> like they're just annoying. Like I have, like I'm just waiting for for Marco Rosa to come in since, like, since he he was announced. Both Dortmund and Gladbach have been absolutely awful. And guess yeah, which is actually true. <laughs> and guess who Man City have been put up against Gladbach and Dortmund. Oh, dub. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, moving on to another side, which, to be honest, I'm hopeless about that I support. It's Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Uh, Real Madrid, they finished top of their group ahead of Gladbach, Shakhtar, and Syria lead- leaders Inter, but they only finished on top with 10 points. Very unconvincing, but they are more convincing against At- Atalanta in the round of 16. They beat them 4-1, surprisingly. Uh, the top scorer is Benzema. They are awful defensively. They consider nine in the group stage in six matches. Uh, for the guys who are out, uh, Sergio Ramos, uh, Hazard, he's, even if we've seen like pictures of him training, it's probably the first session, so he probably won't start. Kavahal is injured as usual. Fedi Valverde is injured. <laughs> Odriotola is injured. Varan, uh-huh. Varan, he got a COVID positive test, so he won't be there. Whoa. So we'll have the calamitous Eda Militao yeah. alongside Nacho Fernandez in centre back. And yeah. moving First on to Mark. Liverpool. John Mark. <laughs> okay, I want you to go first. I want you to ask. I want to have a question lined up for you, but just finish up with Liverpool. Ah, sir. Uh, moving on to Liverpool. The They've been inconsistent in the league, but in the Champions League, they've been incredible. Um, they finished top of their group ahead of Atalanta, Ajax, and Michelin. They swept Leipzig aside uh, more convincingly than we all expected 4 0. 
Um, and they really look like a dangerous side after watching the Arsenal game, to be honest. Uh, mm. For the guys who are out, it's Hendo, Matip, and of course the centre-backs, Joe Gomez and Van Dijk. So, uh, Phil, what was your question? Why are you so hopeless about Real? I mean, Zidane just has to show up to the dressing room. Uh, uh, but you guys know. You guys, I, I'm pretty sure you've seen those memes where Zidane just shows up to a changing room and say, it's a final or it's Champions League. <laughs> and Real, yeah, all uh, notion of Ati, they are done for Ati. Every time Real is... The only time I've never seen Real not being favorite and not winning at the same time was when they went against City Yeah. Uh, yeah after yeah. the lockdown. But other than that, Zidane keeps on shocking me. Every time I feel like this is the time Real will learn a lesson. What? You get slapped Zidane up. Goes. Yes, exactly. True, so why true, you, true, true. Why are you hopeless? Why are you hopeless? <laughs> like, I don't know, like... um. Real Madrid, they're suffering from all these injuries. Meanwhile, Liverpool are just coming back into form. Like, Real can can challenge for the league, but up against this Liverpool side, I really have question marks. Mm. You even surprised me because I, I, I didn't know Varane was out. Because in my head, um, they'd have... It's weird. I really wanted... This is a weird thing, eh? I really wanted... Real to line up three at the back, three four two, three four two one, and yeah. then Liverpool to play their four, their four attackers, four two three one, and then we see what a game it would be. Jota <laughs> <laughs> would have a field day. But in my opinion, in my opinion, uh, okay, Liverpool, Liverpool. I think even even after they lost Joe Gomez and and Van Dijk. Um, I think the mistake that Klopp was kind of making was moving Fabinho and both Fabinho and Henderson um, yeah. into centre-back uh, roles. Yeah. So that maybe because of their distribution and the fact that they pin a lot of long balls from the back. And that means um, they were kind of short um, from an athletic point of view given that the game that they play. And that's why maybe teams were running them ragged. So I yeah. think, I think... Um, if Fabinho, um, out of the blue, hopefully doesn't get injured or pulls out or pulls a sicky before the game um, in the warm-up or something, um, I think they're going to stand a real chance. Are they home or are we? They are... They are, are, are way. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, so I think... The whatever. The, what's this guy's name? The, yeah, yeah, the, that Castilian. Um, um, the it, it's named, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, Di Stefano. Yeah, yeah, yeah Di Stefano. Yeah. So, um, what I'm saying is, if they play him, if they if they play him as a defensive midfielder, um, and maybe add another athletic player, um, I don't know if Milner is going to start this one. Maybe he might. Maybe he might not and give Thiago the freedom to spray his passes the way he wants. Maybe it's going to give them more control in midfield. Um, maybe Klopp, unfortunately, might might decide to play it cautious and decide to take Nathaniel Phillips out of the side. And mm-hmm. if he does that, it's going to be a massive mistake because he's actually been low-key, really been impressive, but he isn't being given enough plaudits. And, you know, someone like... Uh, Trent, who by then might not make the Euros, uh, might 
you know, he's after the game against Arsenal, maybe his confidence is up yet again. So maybe he's going to set up the exact same way he did against Arsenal. And then for Real Madrid, uh, I I think I think given the injuries that they have, um, I still think he's going to go for a 4-3-3. Um, I think it's going to be Nacho, Nacho, Vasquez at right back, Nacho, um, this other guy, what's his name, Militao, as the centre-back pairing and Valant Mendy. But now, unfortunately, that defence isn't really, how do I put it? It's very, it's set up for expansive football. Um, and I don't know if uh, Zidane is going to want to set up that way, uh, considering he's going to be wary of the pace that that Mane, uh, Salah, and Fabi- and Famino might bring. Um, and it's going to make things worse if they add an extra attacker like Jota. Um, like yeah. we saw on Saturday where as soon as Jota was brought into the team, um, we saw Gabriel starting to panic and one thing led to another. And, you know, he scored two goals out of the blue. So um, I don't know if he's going to set up that way. Uh, my question for you, John Mark, is... Do you think a back three um, suits the the game uh, for tomorrow? I mean, for tonight, that is. Do you think uh, a back three suits that this game properly? Because uh, I'm not sure how how Zidane. Because I've 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 not really watched a lot of their games, mm-hmm. and they've been quite um, unconvincing in front of goal because. Um, ever since Ronaldo left, they've not been this kind of side that just nets four goals out of the blue or five goals out of ah, the blue. That's true. But, that's true. But do you think that a back three is going to suit this this game? Because for me, I still think he's going to go for the back four. His usual uh, four three three and try and incorporate his usual midfield three of Modric, Cruz, and and Casemiro. Although there is talk that um, Varane is, and not Varane, sorry, um, this Uruguayan boy. Federico. Uh, yeah, yeah. Valverde um, should be brought into the side. What do you think? Okay, um, I think if, if Varane is there, then, uh, because I'm not really sure, um, if Varane is there, then they can play the back three. Um, because I don't really trust um, Militao on the ball. Yeah. Militao, he's really, like, in the game versus Elche, like, literally, everyone was just telling him to clear the ball. Like, just don't try to pass it, just clear, play route one. <laughs> like, it's like... Route one, quick ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, I think the best lineup would be a uh, 4-3-3. Uh, mm-hmm. With the usual three in midfield up front, um, Vinicius, who like I don't like him, but he carries the ball really well. I think he has the most dribble. Yeah. Uh, he's the third most in terms of dribbles per minute, uh, only yeah. behind Neymar and Messi, which to be honest is really good. Um, mm-hmm. Karim up front and on the right. Probably Asensio. I would really like Asensio to play, but I, I think he played ninety minutes during the weekend, so I'm not really sure if he will start this one. But that's my ideal lineup. 
and and by the way um yes yes by the way, i am not uh, a fan of of vinicius juniors um and product um and you know his tendency to make poor decisions um that's why karim benzema was once frustrated and he at him and was whispering to his teammate that <laughs> he shouldn't pass the ball to to vinicius because he's playing against them and and all that nonsense but um he actually impressed me against atalanta i think he's yeah. one of the very reasons they actually won that match um even though he missed a chance um that made ramos go nuts after he missed a <laughs> chance and then ramos um went down on the floor um um hitting his hands against the because that's how frustrating he can be um mm. when it comes to converting his chances but uh, I think he's he's going to be key um in trying to sort of like unlock um the gap that potentially Trent might leave uh, because Trent um there is this myth that he can't defend which um by the way we were actually discussing on 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 a WhatsApp group um recently that he has the defensive IQ of Caesar's Pilicueta when it comes to attacking uh and you know and vice versa um like you put it out feel uh but uh, maybe he he's he's key and that's what i'm saying if you play a back three if you play a, a back three i don't think especially if you play a 352 um or um you have to find a way of sort of like playing him there um even though he's going to become um more, less of an inside forward than more of an advanced playmaker from the mm-hmm. left wing which really won't suit him a lot but uh, i think 433 suits the team best um specifically to get the best out of his ability to unlock a defense with his dribbling ability okay so now um just to finish up mark what who do you think will go through um that's an interesting one uh personally i think for me i'm going to go bold and say madrid um i'm going to agree with phil and say that zidane just might turn out of the blue from nowhere and just say this is a quarter final we expected to win and they're going to win like in 20 in the 2015 2016 season um madrid had actually lost the first leg by by two goals and then they went into the second leg and ronaldo netted a hat this time they may not have ronaldo but yes. zidane is going to want to prove the fact that he can win or, or go further in the competition without ronaldo so i'm going to back him for this one and especially liverpool even if um fabinho is back and all that the you know they are they they still have their injury concerns and it's weakened them a lot in as much as philips has been impressive he doesn't have that experience of playing um a uh, such a critical um point okay he he doesn't have the experience of sort of like playing such big games because his only experience was playing in second bundesliga for stuttgart last season uh mm-hmm. and kabak has let's not forget he's been part of the worst defense defensive lines in the in europe 
uh, by playing for Schalke. Remember when they got trounced 8-0 and he does tend to be very impetuous. Uh, he does tend to be very aggressive and it might not work uh, because he might leave gaps in behind that Vinicius and and a sense you might take advantage of even Karim Benzema. So I'm going to go for Real Madrid. So uh, Phil, for you, it's Real Madrid as well? No. Hmm? I was just... I know I was I did I I just asked you a question because I was wondering why you are hopeless given that this is a real kind of situation. But I will go for Liverpool. Mm-hmm. I also feel as if this is the healthiest squad they've had this season, since pre-season <laughs> apparently. Um especially now that um I feel like Vinaldum will come in for Milner and then Robertson slot back into left back. I feel like they have the legs and now with Thiago they have the quality to match if not better Real's midfield. And then it's just a matter of uh, uh Firmino creating the chances against uh as you say a weekend uh defense. But the only thing I'd give Real props is the fact that this will be uh, the the two centre-backs that may start, this will be the hardest challenge ever because it's Karim Benzema. And with Trent now uh, being uh, the defensive the defensive uh, non-entity that he is, I feel like uh, Vinicius Jr. could easily also have a impact on the game. So it is coming on like one and a quarter hours. So I'm waiting for that game as well. So we'll wait and see. Okay, so um moving on to perhaps the the easiest one to predict. Uh okay, so uh, I just forgot to say mine. I think Liverpool will go through probably on uh a goal or two, not really that big of a difference. So um, let's move on to Phil's team. It will be Porto versus Chelsea. Uh, Porto are second behind, they finished second behind Man City. They're second in their league, obviously. Eight points behind uh, Sporting. Uh, they managed to find a way past Juve <laughs> on away goals 4-4. Um, however, they will be without their top scorer, Sergio Oliveira, who has five in the Champions League and 19 in all competitions. I joked to, to a friend of mine That's that he, he has more goals than <laughs> Chelsea's top scorer. He was really pissed off. So um, <laughs> <laughs> he, he got a suspension due to an accumulation of yellow cards. Uh, Mediterranean will also miss the game. Yeah, that's it for Porto. Uh, for Chelsea, they finished top of their group with 14 points. They're unbeaten in the Champions League. Only one of two teams alongside Bayern. They won four out of the last six games. They beat Atleti 3-0 comfortably, which, to be honest, was surprising. We all expected Atleti to do better. Uh, Giroud is that top scorer in the Champions League with six goals. Uh, their players... There's only one player who is out. It's Christian Pudisic. So we'll start with you, Phil. Um, do you think Chelsea will be given a challenge? We will. Uh, we will. I will. I will be 
cautiously optimistic about this game, to be honest. Um, I saw what was Rome did and how Big Sam set up, uh, which is where Big Sam will now show how Champions League sides should set up against us. <laughs> anyway, um, kind of happy. I researched on it and I, Pulisic will be fit, but I don't think he'll be fit to start. And I yeah. don't think the point was for him to start anyway. Um, I'm happy Kante will be on the bench, and I'm also happy Tammy is back to give our front line a bit of a, a bit more competition than it has been the previous few weeks. Um, the one because Kante will be fit, I'm interested to see the reactions of two players, Thiago Silva, Silva, who yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure will start, he's suspended, and Jorginho, who are the who was, uh, in my opinion. The worst player we had that day against Westbrook, um, because he the three times he lost the three key times he lost possession, uh, during that game. Thiago got his first yellow, Thiago got his second yellow, Mateus Pereira scored the second uh goal before halftime. So it'll be interesting to see their mentalities going to the game. I hope to shell trust them and they trust themselves to bounce back. Um, and it's interesting because Porto, I the opposite had opposite luck, uh, were almost like the opposite of Chelsea this weekend. They won by a last minute uh, winner to one of their strikers, Tony Martinez. Yeah. Uh, they might start for four again Porto, but more more likely, I feel like. Um, they may play with Luis Diaz, Otavio, and Corona behind uh, behind Marega. And if the thing that I feel like Quince, uh, the Porto coach Conceição might do is I'd push. If I was a co- Porto coach, I'd do what Big Sam did and I'd push Marega to Aspilicueta side because Diaz yeah. had a field day, even with eleven men. Aspi was struggling against them. Um, just because, not because Aspi is a lax defender, but because of the sheer size that uh, Diani and sheer presence that Diani has. So yeah. uh, multiply that by 1.5 or 2 to get Mariga. Mariga <laughs> <laughs> is mad. <laughs> uh, and Porto, because we miss Kante, Porto are very good in transitions, like as we saw yeah. in the second leg. So I hope that double pivot will be more effective this game. Other than that, I see ourselves because I hope we learn from Juve and not emphasize on going to the wings and mm. also look to play in the center because that's what killed Juve. The fact that they didn't have a Dybala or uh, that quality kind of player in the middle to uh, create from the middle. So I'm pretty yeah. sure we can we have that in abundance through Mason Mountain, Havertz or Zh, uh, whoever will start. I I don't see Giroud starting. I see Vana starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me let me tell you. This. I think apart from Liverpool, Liverpool and Real, I think that will be the Chelsea Porto will be the most counter attacking. The tie, it'll be yeah. way more open than most other games, I feel. So, but Chelsea for the win, uh, Chelsea for the Champions League. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, Mark, what about you? Do you think, like, um, would you give Porto a chance without the top scorer, especially? Um, every time you get into the quarterfinals, uh, you always stand a chance. Uh, no one is is a pushover when you get that far. Uh, but, you know, people will naturally be assuming that Chelsea are favourites, and li- rightly so. Um, in the round of 16, uh, against Juventus, which to me, by the way, has been the most entertaining tie so far this season, um, Portugal were effectively mostly lining up in a 6-3-1, um, defending wide uh, because they were having to play Jesus Corona as an effective left right wing back, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, it was actually man of the match that day. People might make a case for Sergio Oliveira because he actually netted that screamer. But Jesus Corona was was one of the main reasons that they actually proceeded. Uh, but um, so judging from that game, I assume that um, their manager is naturally going to set up a mid to low block, uh, that 6-3-1, and he's going to have to um, put a, a wide defensive line to potentially cope with the pace that Chelsea um, have on the flanks. And I assume I assume that Tuchel is going to go for the same setup he went for against Atletico, um, where he used um, Kai Havertz as a sort of false nine um, and used his pace and also his ability to play with his back to the goal when he plays there um, to drop deep and and create um, space for Vana to run into and then make those runs in behind to try and and find ZH by cutting it back. Because Vana, even though he's been missing a lot of sitters, um, people are underst- understating the fact that he's actually been assisting. He's become more of a creator of late. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah. I don't know. I drew my seat out for this one because he's relatively static um, and playing a, a traditional target man against a low block side um, usually doesn't work uh, because it's too crowded. Um, it's impossible to hold the ball up in a crowded situation. Um, it's very difficult uh, to do that. So I think he's going to go for a more dynamic front three um, mm-hmm. to try and um, you know, try and sort of like take advantage of the potential gaps that might be left if there's a lapse of concentration. And if Jesus Corona plays effectively as a wing back rather than further forward, um, I think a gap might be sort of ex- like exploited on that flank. So um, I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure how he's going to set up, but for me that's how he's likely going to set up. And um, yeah. I think Chelsea have enough about them to sail through, but I'm not going to write off to write off um, this team named uh, Porto because you know they just knocked off out Ronaldo's Juventus, so um, they're not pushover. So I something might change by next week, and we might have a discussion about it. Uh, but for this first leg tie. Um, I think it's very likely going to end up in a nil-nil or one-one draw for me. Um, I don't think it's going to be a particularly enticing match. I think it's going to end in a one-one draw or a or a or a nil-nil draw. 
very likely. I don't think, I don't think, okay, Porto, yes, have goals in them, and they actually netted against Juventus, but I have a feeling this first leg tie is going to be a draw, because Porto might play it cautious, and you guys might play the way you had been playing before um, Tuchel, Sunny Moon got, um, got um, abruptly finished. But you guys were playing sort of like tantalizing football, but not scoring enough goals. And I think that trend might That's continue. Especially, especially, especially if Vana, if, especially if Vana um, misses another typical one-on-one. So... I think it's going to end in a one-all draw for the first leg. The second leg, um, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think Chelsea have enough to sail through. That's all I'll say. Okay, so... Um, on away goals, on away goals or penalties, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, for me, I, I, will, I will give Porto a chance, to be honest. Um, I think that Chelsea players have now like they're seeing the side of Tuchel, which which the teams he was in didn't like, and I think that he won't be backed as much by the players, and I think it will start to unravel. I like th- this is just to be the devil's uh, advocate, but I think Porto might actually go through just to make it more entertaining. So um, we will have a break and we'll come back to do Bayern versus PSG in the final game. And we are back. Um, we are left with Bayern versus Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, Bayern, they finished top of the yeah. group ahead of Atleti, Salzburg and Lokomotiv. Uh, Locomotive Moscow. Um, they made easy work of Lazio, beating them 6-2 on aggregate. Uh, they beat Leipzig over the weekend, as Mark mentioned, without Lewandowski, who is their Champions League top scorer with five goals. They are the other team who are unbeaten in the Champions League. They've won six out of their last seven. And alongside Lewandowski are the usual partners um, in the medical room. Douglas Costa and Toliso. He'll be joined. <laughs> <laughs> and as for PSG, they finished up of their group uh, ahead of Leipzig, United, and Bashak Shehir. Um, their, their first leg win versus Barca meant they won on aggregate 5 2 thanks to Mbappe Hachik. Actually, both Neymar and Mbappe have six Champions League goals, which is extremely What's the word I'm looking for? It's um, impressive. It's very impressive to have to play six Champions League goals. But unfortunately, they lost over the weekend against Lille uh, with Neymar getting a red card. His red cards are usually just needlessly pushing. It's never for a challenge, actually. It's just pushing guys around and fighting. And um, for the players who are out, it will be Verratti and Florenzi because of COVID. Verratti for the second time in 2021 is out because of COVID. I have no idea how that happens, but... (laughs) So we will start with you, Mark. Who do you think will go through in perhaps perhaps what is the hardest game to judge, especially with Landowski being out for both ties? Uh, 
That's a, a very, very, very tricky question. Uh, okay, for a start, Bayern are defending champions. Let's not forget that. Um, second, um, they have an incredible record and um, their manager, um, get a flick. Uh, third, um, even though they are missing Lewandowski, they still have a very strong squad um, and they still have an identity. And Chipomotin is still very capable of coming in and doing a job uh, because he has that ability because he actually netted a, a, a very sensational goal against Lazio in the round of 16. Um, for PSG, um, they are, yes, they are missing some players from COVID. Um, they are missing, you're saying Neymar is, is Neymar available? I don't name or yeah. sent off against. Yeah, Neymar is available. Uh, he wait, missed both legs. Who was he sent off against? Um, Goza, was he? Goza, I, I didn't watch the, this game on Saturday between them and Lille, and I didn't. It has no so, bearing on the Champions League. That red oh, card. Yeah. Um, so is he available? Yes, he is. Oh, he's available. Yeah. Um, I think it's 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 very tricky uh, because Pochettino wants to prove um, that he was getting to the Champions League final with Tottenham wasn't um, a a one of um, affair, and I think he has the quality in his squad to be able to pro- progress. Only problem is that his system, his four-two-three-one system, is usually very intricate. Um, if I may put it that way, because um, he likes uh, a number 10 who sort of like dictates the tempo, um, like if you remember with Ericsson and right now with Marco Verratti, who's more of a deep line playmaker, but he's converted him into a number 10. Uh, but, you know, they still got into the quarterfinal against Barcelona without um, this guy. So... Uh, I think it's going to be without, not, I mean, without um, Neymar. So I think uh, it's going to be very interesting. And let's not forget, PSG have that fine them from the fact that they lost um, the Champions League final against this team last season. So um, they are going to be determined to, to dot the I's and cross the T's and make things right. But Mark. Um, yeah, Mark. Lewandowski, yeah. I have a question. Um, how did you rate Chupomoting's game against Leipzig? Because I feel as if amongst the Bayern lineup, he is yeah. their weakest yeah. link. Uh, yeah, he's definitely the weakest link. He's not of the level to play for Bayern as a regular player. Um, I think he's a squad player for a reason. Uh, and But he still has that fire in him because he's facing his former team. Ironically, that's PSG that he's facing. And Chupomoting is the type of player, even though he's not going to be as consistent and as on a par with Lewandowski in terms of um, goal-scoring ability, uh, he still has players surrounding him that can still um, do the job for him. And also... Um, he has the occasional goal in him. I'm going to take you back to the game against Man United when he was a stock player when he netted two goals that game. Um, somehow, out of the blue, um, I was really impressed with his all-rounded game that day. And given that 
they are overly reliant on Lewandowski, um, it's going to be a perfect opportunity for him um, to come and show that he can also be counted on um, when, it's, when it's needed. So I think he's going to be up for it. And like I've mentioned before, against his former side. Uh, but for PSG, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think Bayern are still favorites to progress because they're champions. And as the defending champion, you always the favorite to progress. But uh, PSG also have Neymar back even if they don't have Verratti. Uh, I think they have Mbappe who um, just netted a hat trick in the round of 16. Uh, against Barcelona. Um, in the second leg, he was quite below par uh, by his standards and missed a couple of chances, but he's still Mbappe at the end of the day. Um, so I think the return of him um, will boost them. Um, I think he's going to come in as a perfect replacement in a way for Verratti, even if they don't play in the same position. But in terms of that, in terms of having that, at least you have your main man back. I think it's going to fire them up. And Pochettino is going to be determined um, to get to the next round and maybe fancy his chances against the other teams. Maybe if Liverpool progress, he's going to want to um, be on a revenge mission against them, given um, he had them heartbroken. He had, they had him heartbroken after the final, and it eventually proved detrimental to their Spurs form next season and their dressing room atmosphere. So I think he's going to be determined to prove things right and make things right, rather. So I don't know. I don't know. I think um, it's going to be interesting um, to see who he replaces him with, um, if he's going to have to change his system, if he's going to have to bring in another number 10 into the side. I don't know, but the absence of Verratti is going to hit them hard, uh, given he's been very keen the last couple of, okay, the last three months ever since he took charge. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm here to predict. Maybe I'd like, I'd like to hear your thoughts, uh, guys, before I can give my predictions. Uh, Phil, uh, with your prediction as well. I feel like um, for both teams, the weakest link is at the front with um, PSG, uh, Bayern being, Bayern being uh, promoting um, PSG. If uh, um, I love my boy. You guys know I love Moise Ken, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also all know he can't play as a nine. Like a so out and out number nine. I, I always feel as if He'll always need a strike partner to be most yeah. effective. So, Wait, is Icardi uh, available? I don't know. Yeah, he's. So. Oh, he is? Yeah, I, ha- yeah. I haven't seen if any other players are injured for PSG. If he's available, then that gives a different dynamic because um, with the Verratti, was, in my opinion, the man of the, the second best player after Mbappe during the round of 16 game because the way he kept on bossing the play every time PSG on the ball, more so the first leg than the second. I think PSG will miss that a lot. Neymar, with all his um, dribbling and ability to carry the ball, the midfield battle 
not many teams beat Bayern in the midfield. And you, not many people, not many teams beat the Goretzka in the midfield. Not even just, <laughs> just <laughs> the double pivot. They don't. No one beats. Rarely beats Goretzka. So being without Paredes will also be an issue. I feel like not having that effective um, Ajorginho kind of player there will kind of affect PSG. Because now, like, Walkman, like, it'll be Danilo Pereira and Idris Agey or Randa Herrera. But um, I'm kind of happy that it won't be, like, the, the teams I don't like watching. One is Barca, one is Man City, because of the fact that the game will be dominated by one team. This one, and since PSG have gone through that, I feel like they'll have more of a chance to dominate and impose themselves in a match. It'll be um, but but now that you you speak about it, um you are you're saying that um Leandro Paredes is unavailable. Um he's yeah, a workman and at the same time he has that ability to dictate the tempo the tempo. So um you're basically saying that it's going to be a very workman um double pivot of Idris Agee as a maybe ball winning midfielder and Danilo yeah. Pereira as that maybe box to box player. But who's going to come into slot into that number 10 slot? Because I'm 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 struggling to find a, a player who can be as effective as Verratti in that in that position. Maybe Rafinha. I don't Rafinha, because I don't think I don't think Porch will line up with a 4 2 3 1. I don't I mm-hmm. think he I don't I think he respects Bayern enough not to play a 4 2 3 1. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like you can't play Herrera, Idrissa, and Dani, Danilo Pereira if you want to have anything out of the game. So mm-hmm. I think Rafinha will slot in. Um maybe he'll uh, maybe I don't know if Pochettino is like this, but he maybe he won't even start with a regular striker. Maybe he'll go with Mbappe, Neymar, and Di Maria. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the options are limited and limitless at the same time. Um, it's just a game we'll wait and see till the lineup shows up, and then we can decide. But for me, Bayern. Okay. Bayern are more likely to go, even without Lewandowski. We just True. Know. And you, Mark? I'm going to agree with with Phil. Uh, I think you can't take away the fact that Bayern, even without Lewandowski, are still a very incredible side. Uh, because yes, they are going to miss his goals and his ability to 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 finish chan- half decent chances because he's their best finisher, obviously, and they are and arguably are the most complete striker in world football alongside Kane. But uh, I don't think you can you can look away uh, from from Bayern. I know PSG have options. Uh, like Phil said, they have um, limited and limitless options at the same time. Um, limited in the sense that given how Poch sets up his team, in the absence of Verratti, you don't really have an out and out number 10. Um, so you don't know how he's going to set up. And because he doesn't always prefer setting up in a 4-3-3, which maybe if he sets up in a 4-3-3, he might have a chance, but we're yet to see. But as it stands, given 
Bayern are more intricate and they've played it with each other for such a long time and they have a system in them. Maybe, I, I, I don't think you can look past them. And let's not forget they just beat, um, they just um, be, beat the best, um, a team with the best defensive record in the Bundesliga on Saturday. So I think they're favorites to edge into the semis. Okay, um, I also think Bayern will make it through, but I hope that PSG will really like make it into a contest. So, um, do you guys have have anything you would like to say about the the Champions League matches that we've talked about? Anything you want to add on before we finish? Um, maybe. Not necessarily the Champions League, but I'm going to speak about the Europa League a little bit, just a little bit. Um, I know it's it's much unfancied, uh, but I think United have enough about them to sail through against Granada. Um, Granada have a very bad defensive record um, in La Liga, but they are still in top 10. At the last time I checked, they were, they were still in top 10 because they have that ability to score goals um, out of from counter-attacks, they have um, effective finishers like Luis Suarez, even Soldado was surprised to see plays for Granada. Um, and, um, but United, I still think, will edge through. Um, they have a relatively easy fixture. Uh, for Arsenal, I still think even if Slavia Prague kind of like beat Leicester and they also beat... Um, Rangers uh, to get into the quarterfinals and they press with intensity and are very good at what they do. Um, I think Arsenal will have to take this game as seriously as it gets uh, because this is virtually their biggest game of their biggest two games of the season. Uh, I know, I know the gap between them in the league between their tenth place and fourth is only seven points, unbelievably. Uh, because Chelsea, I think, are on 49 points, if I'm not wrong, or, or 50 or 51. But or, or West, 51. Ham are, West Ham yeah. are fourth with 52. Yeah, with 52. And Arsenal are on 42 points. So, um, in as much as it's only a 10-point gap between 10th and 4th, um, I think it's still too little, too late for them. So, they'll have to take this fixture as seriously as it gets and as it deserves. So, I think they are going to have enough fire in them to sail into the semis where they're going to meet Unayemeri's side, most likely. So that's all I can say. Uh, Phil? For me, my only prayer is that the Champions League does what the Champions League does best and provides quality football. And you know, and if God willing, next week we also have an, an episode. We, we we reference this episode and I'm like tell you John Mark. John Mark kunamka ukisema ama Mark kunamka ukisema ama even I can't myself. That we are so surprised by uh, the outcomes and we are generally treated to good football. I think that's that's my only wish and good luck to all the teams. They'll catch us in 4K. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. <laughs> true, true, okay. true, true, true. So um in, in conclusion, I'll just uh run through the matches which will happen during the weekend slash during the week, the big matches. Uh we'll have City versus Leeds on Saturday. 
uh, Spurs versus Man United on Sunday, West Ham versus Leicester on Sunday, Frankfurt versus Wolfsburg on Saturday, I think, uh, Stuttgart versus Borussia Dortmund. Uh, we'll have Juve versus Napoli actually on Wednesday, and we'll have El Clasico on Saturday. It's not as big as is it once was, but it's still El Clasico. So um, that marks the end of the podcast. Thank you so much, Phil and Mark, for coming on. And thank you so much for listening. Pleasure, pleasure. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Cheers.